0: morning. As uh, Craig said, we're going to be talking about sharing. This is the last one in John 17. And for this lesson, it's going to be a little bit different than normal sermons because I don't have you know, three points in a poem for this one. I typically make up you know your run-of-the-mill sermons. What I'm going to do with you is I'm just going to share with you um, kind of how I studied this week and what I came up with this week. Um, so I'm going to ask... Hi would you mind and Carl would you mind um, if you want one of these it might help you understand my um, my mind and, and what I'm thinking about do not take one if you don't want one it won't offend me if you're not a person that writes things down during sermons don't worry about it but if you want one take one uh, but you don't have to hand one out to everybody if you don't if you don't want one that's fine but it might help you kind of follow along with me as I go through the 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 chapter 17, because since it's the last lesson in this section, and we're talking about sharing, sharing is glory is one of the aspects, but when I was going through this this week, there's a lot that that I think goes back to sharing, and Jesus sharing, God sharing, and us sharing. So, I'm trying to tie all of John 17 together as, like I said, last one, this was the first time we were in Matthew 4, right? 4.19, we started off, and I'm going to give you a little quiz here. There are three things in Matthew 4.19 that I said we're going to touch on. Two of them we did, and one of them I'm saving for after this one. Do you remember the two that we touched on to jumpstart this? Anybody? One of the two? What's that? Well, speak is part of John 17, yeah. But in Matthew 4.19, we started off... And we're talking about how Jesus discipled his disciples, and we said he did it relationally. He got into a relationship with them, and he started a relationship with these men. And intentional, thank you. It's relational, and it's intentional. And that's kind of where we're at, the intentional part of how Jesus discipled his disciples. We're speaking, and all of these other ones come into play. Jesus intentionally discipled his disciples in a way... ...that led us to look at John 17... ...and all of these things that John 17 brings out... ...that Jesus says, I've done. Right before he goes back to heaven, pretty much... ...this is kind of this... ...this is, this is what I've done. I've done the work that you sent me to do... ...and I'm praying for my disciples now... ...and I'm praying for my disciples that are coming after me... ...or after them that are going to believe on me... ...through their word. I'm praying for all of this right now. And this is how Jesus sums it up, I think. And so, in looking at this reveal... Um, or not the real, excuse me, share. Um, I wanted to look at the, the whole chapter really quickly. I say really quickly. I hope it'll be really quickly. If not, it may be a holdover till tonight. But uh, I'm going to start there. You'll see on your pages that I've got at the very top, you should be looking at the one that says, it, it's got a tiny one next to it, and it's the beginning of John 17. Jesus spoke these things, lifting up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. If everybody's on that page, that's where I'm going to start off, because those are verses 1 through 5 on the top there. And you'll notice I have A, B, C at the bottom. I think it'll be self-explanatory once we go through a couple of these, what I'm doing with this, I hope. Anyway, here's the same text that you see on your paper there. This is all New American Standard, because that's the one I use, so it's what I use there. But what I want to look at is the text itself. As we talk about sharing this morning, as we go back through all of the things that we've already been through in John 17, from top to bottom, I want you to notice a couple things. And here's where you'll figure out how how this is going to work. A and the other half of A. Okay. Now again, this is this is part part of how I how I study the scriptures. I think it helps me understand the points of the message here. I've got A, glorify your son in that very first verse. And at the end of that section, he says, Glorify me now, together with yourself. At the beginning, at the end, there's glorifying. There's Jesus saying, Glorify me. He's asking the Father to glorify him. Amen. Okay, and the A's. And then you got the B's. Now, here in the B, I think there's a purpose for which Jesus says, Glorify me. Why? That the Son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh. Jesus is saying, I, I'm asking for you to give me glory so that I can glorify you. Right. Jesus' purpose on the earth was to do what? To seek and save the lost, but all of that gives glory to God. Right. What's our purpose on the earth? To glorify God. That's my purpose. That's my ultimate purpose, I think, is to glorify God himself. In everything I do and everything I say. That encompasses being evangelistic. That's why I don't, when somebody says, what's the Christian's purpose? My first thought is not evangelism. It's, I, my purpose is to glorify God. That encompasses evangelism. That encompasses giving to the poor. That encompasses all of this. Glorifying God is my main purpose on this earth. And Jesus says as he's going back, glorify me so that I may glorify you. I have glorified you on the earth, in verse 4, having accomplished the work you gave me to do. Jesus says, "This is what brings you glory. I am bringing you glory because I've done what you've asked me to do." Heavenly Father, seas. Here are the seas. In the very section, the middle section of this, I see Jesus talking about eternal life. He may give eternal life. Jesus is giving eternal life. He is the giver of eternal life. Right? Amen. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is. And always shall be the one that holds the keys to eternal life. He's the one that you have to be in if you want to live with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit forever. That's, that's it. He gives it. And that's what he's saying in the middle of this section. I'm giving eternal life because you gave me the power to give eternal life. I'm glorifying you by the work that I'm doing. And then he defines what he's giving there in the middle section of three. The half other half of C. This is eternal life. What is it? What is what does he say there? That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. This is eternal life. Knowing the Father, knowing Jesus is eternal life. He says, in the very middle section there. So on your on your papers, I've got A, B, and C underneath this section of Scripture. And you'll see how you see how I'm, I'm looking at the scripture here that. That this com- complements each other. It bounces back and forth. And I think a lot of the text was written this way on purpose. And God re- wrote it, this, had it written this way on purpose to drive home his point. It's like when Jesus says, verily, verily, I say to you, he's saying, pay attention. Pay attention to what I'm saying. This is important. I think part of the way he wrote the scripture is, is, is to remind us of what's important. And he's saying here, these things are important. And let me show you how important they are. Let me get to the most important here, that Jesus Christ gives eternal life. In the section where he prays for himself, 1 through 5, the ultimate, and I think the, the, the middle section really brings out the ultimate purpose of Jesus' coming period, right? To seek and save the lost. And he says in the middle section here, this is eternal life. This is the seeking and the saving of the lost, that they may know the Father, and that they may know the G- Jesus Christ, the one whom you sent, me. That, that That's the ultimate there in these sections here. So when you're looking at your papers, and I've got A, B, and C underneath, for my A, I've got petitions. Jesus is lifting up his eyes, and he's giving a petition. He's asking, glorify me. And then at the end there, he's saying, now, Father, glorify me. Again, Jesus is obviously, and this whole thing is a petition. This whole thing is a prayer. But in this one section, he's, he's sandwiching The eternal life in the middle of Jesus' petition to the Father to glorify him. Then in B, I see the purpose of the petition here. Why? Why am I praying to you? Because I want to glorify you. My purpose is to glorify you. To bring glory to you. I bring glory to myself. He brings glory to himself at the same time. But he's bringing glory to God doing what God has asked him to do. And being the sacrifice for all sins. And at the very end there, see, eternal life. That's eternal life. On both sides of the aisle here, it's eternal life. He may give, and how do you know? What, do you, what is eternal life? It's knowing Jesus Christ. It's knowing the Father. That's eternal life. And that, that, that's, that's like Patrick said, we have hope that goes beyond this, this earthly body, doesn't it? It, it? We can sit there and we can talk to people about getting old... And when, when Patrick said the, the, the second example is at 45, and, and he's worried about a, an older man, you described him as, Teresa turned around and looked at me and said, Old. Because I don't think I'm old yet. I am old, yes. And every once in a while I get reminded of being somewhat old. But then I get around other people, and they look at me and they say, Yeah, that's not old. It's all relative, you know, it, it depends on which, which age you're coming from. But even in this body, we have hope beyond this body. The eternal life that we're looking forward to, but it doesn't start then either. When does it start? Now. Now. Yeah, the eternal, our hope is now. Our hope is realizing right now. The the ultimate realization is going to be when we're in heaven with with God and and Jesus and the the spirit. But right now, man, that's why we have the hope, because it's real right now. Here's the second section there, 6 through 10 on your paper there. He goes from praying for himself, right? And then he goes into praying for the disciples. That should be starting with, I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me. Now, this one is a little bit bigger than the other ones. This one goes all the way up to E, as you see on your paper. Here's the A sections for me. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. And then the other half of that A is, I have been glorified in them. The first part of that is this revelation that Jesus is manifesting who he is. And we talked about that in the reveal part of this section. That Jesus is revealing himself to the disciples. He lets him know who he is. He He lets everybody know who God is. The only way we know is through him. And the only way we know him is through the word. The revealing of him, the revealing of his word, the revealing of all of this is coming through Jesus Christ. And that brings glory to him. He has been glorified in them. That's pretty interesting that we can glorify him by just recognizing who he is, by just following his word. I'm bringing glory to God. Again, that drives home my idea that that my purpose here is to glorify God. If if I'm doing what he's asking me to do, then I am glorifying him. And he says that right there in the first section of this. Then I, I see the bees as this. They were yours. You gave them to me. They have kept your word. And the second half of that B, you have given me for they are yours. I see Jesus saying, you gave these disciples to me. It's a gift from God to Jesus, these disciples. And they have kept your word. This word that he revealed just a few seconds earlier, and this word that glorifies him when they do keep it, he has given them their word, they have kept it. And then the second half of that B you have given me, for they are yours. Again, they're all God's. They're all Jesus's. When, when you're wrapped up in God, when you're wrapped up in Jesus, you're all his. All of his. When you keep his word. See, they have come to know you, and I ask on their behalf. Oops. Ask on their behalf. Again, here is Jesus's petition, and here is his asking. He's saying, they have come to know you, How did they come to know you? Through the words that I gave them. Through the revelation that I gave them about you, about me. They have come to know you. And now I am going to petition on their behalf. I'm going to ask on the ones that you gave me, on the ones that are yours. I'm going to ask. And D, he says, the words which you gave me, they believed that you sent me. Again, he goes back to what he's revealed, the words, his words, him, God's words, the words that you gave me, they believed that you sent me. And then the middle section for me here is they received them, the reception of what was revealed. In the middle of all of that, Jesus is saying, these disciples that you gave me, that I picked, that I prayed all night for, they received your word. They glorify you, I glorify you, they've received what you've given me. So my A B C D E on my paper looks like this. A is revelation. Revelation that that they he has revealed his words to them and that they have been glorified in him because they believed that revelation. They believed what he revealed. B is the disciples were gods given to Jesus, but they really are still gods too, because he says they're yours. You gave them to me, they're yours, they're ours. Which goes to the later part of this chapter with be in me. When we are all in him, we are all in, in God. C, words from God and Jesus prays. He says, they've come to know you because of the words that I gave you. And I'm going to pray for them to continue in that. I'm going to pray that you continue them in that. D, words from God and believe that Jesus believed in the sent one there. Words from God again. They believed that you sent me. But, what do they, but why did they believe that? Why did they believe that Jesus was sent by him? E, reception of Jesus and the word. That very middle section there. They received him, them, excuse me, the words. They received Jesus, that I came forth from you. They received all of that in this middle section. Now, we're going to tie this all into what we've been, been talking about in a minute. But I kind of wanted to walk you through where I was going this week. So there's that section. If, you, if you're seriously taking notes and you missed something, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll be happy to show you my notes after the um, sermon if you really want to see them, if you missed something important. But here's 11 through 13 on your papers. Again, the A's here. They themselves are in the world. Jesus is about to leave, and he's going to leave his disciples there. In a hostile environment, my joy made full in themselves. He's going to leave them in the world, but even though they're sitting in this world that is hostile to them, his joy is going to be made full in them. They're going to be people that carry on the message of Jesus Christ. They're going to be people that carry on the revelation that they've been revealed of Jesus Christ. And here's B's. B is, I come to know you, but now I come to you. In, in this section, Jesus says, I'm co- not come to know you, excuse me, I come to you. In these two sections here, Jesus is saying, I'm going back. I'm coming to you. I'm changing my position here. I'm, I'm leaving the earth and I'm going back. Even though I'm going to be with them, I'm changing a little bit of position here. And I'm leaving the disciples on the earth. See, Holy Father, keep them in your name. And I guarded them and not one of them perished, but the Son, whoop the son of perdition. Notice he says, keep them in your name. I've guarded them while I was here. I've guarded them. He's going to continue to guard them, but he's also saying you guard them as well, Father. You take care of them. You protect them because they're in this hostile environment. So we've got in this section here, A's, concern. Jesus is concerned about them. He knows they're leaving He's leaving and he's leaving them in the world. And he has this genuine concern for his disciples. And I love that about Jesus because when I look at Jesus having concern for them, I think he has that same concern for you and me. He has that same concern for, for Carl on an everyday basis. I'm concerned for Carl. He's in this world. I can't wait till he comes home. But while he's in this world, what does he want? Uh, His heavenly father to do. What is he going to do? He's going to watch over us. And that's why that complete joy is there. Carl can walk around with complete joy. Knowing that Jesus is watching over him. That that the heavenly father is watching over him. That's what his disciples enjoyed there in in Jesus' prayer. And B, you've got return. Jesus is simply saying, I'm about to go home. I'm about to go back to you. Glorify me with the glory which which I once had when I was with you. He's going back. Changing a position here while at the same time still continuing his protection. C, keep them, and then he refers to the fact that he kept them all except for the one that he lost, that was supposed to be lost, that is going to be lost, the son of perdition. Jesus is going to keep us. And you notice how those things kind of, kind of um, bounce off of each other. He's keeping them because he's concerned. He's not going to let one of them perish. He has joy. They have joy because they know that. He's going back to the Father, but also what do we get to look forward to? Like Patrick said, we get to go back to where we belong, to our true home. This is not our true home. It's just a temporary stop along the way. Our true home is in heaven with the Father. Here's 14 through 16. Let me try to speed up a little here. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Again, he goes back and forth. The world hates them. Why does the world hate them? Because they're mine. Because they're living for me. And the world doesn't like that. The world used in this general sense of the evil, the the satanic rule here. The world doesn't like them because they're not theirs. I am not of the world. He puts himself in that same position as they are, even though he's not in the same position as they are. Not of the world, because God's word has separated them. And there's B right in the middle. I don't ask you to keep them out of this world, but to keep them from the evil one. There is safety again in Jesus. And what a, what a beautiful comfort, comforting message, not for the When this is happening, the disciples are, are anything less than comforted. But as they look back on this, what beautiful comfort can come for that, for them. But then as we look on it, what beautiful comfort can come from a man who's about to go to the cross saying, don't take them out of the world, protect them. I know you can, and I know I will. And I know that what I've done they will carry on. Now here's your A, B, and C's. A, the world hates them because they're not of the world. B safety in the world. Not. No safety in the world. I want you to keep them safe in the world. So the world hates them because they're not of this world. Oops, give me. There we go. And he's saying safety in the world is really comes from safety in the word. When you're in the word, when you're believing on the word, you don't have to worry about the world. Very true. Thank you, Carl. (laughs) Now, verses 17 through 19 here. I think that's on your... Yeah, it's on the other side of the page there. Sanctify them in truth, thy word is truth here. This is obviously... You remember this is from our sanctification... Or at least part of it is from our sanctification last two weeks. Here's the A's. Sanctify them in truth, your word is truth. And the last half of that, 19. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves may also be sanctified in truth. And then B, right there in the middle, as you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Now here for the A's and the B's for me when I look at this section I see A is Jesus's petition again. He's asking for something here. He's asking, he's saying, sanctify them in truth, the very first part of that. Your word is truth and the very 19 for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they may they themselves may be also sanctified. He's saying I, I, I want you to sanctify them in truth. I want them to be sanctified in truth. I, I see it as a petition and him talking about the sanctification. B, you see two examples of sent ones. Jesus Christ himself is a sent one. And now his disciples are being sent ones. He's saying, I've been sent into the world. I've accomplished my mission. And now I'm sending those that I, that I had into the world. And they will accomplish their mission for you. So again, this one's this right in the middle of sanctification, those who are sanctified are people that are sent, are people that go, are people that talk about the word. Okay, 20 through 23. Now this one's kind of broken up into two A, B's, A, B's, A, B, C's. So that's why on your paper it's got A, B, and C, but it's, it's, it's broken up 20, uh, 20 and 21 and 22 and 23 on your paper there. We're going to do those that way. A for 20 and A for 22 here. I don't ask on behalf of those alone, but for those who believe on me in me through their work. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one. Okay. B, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you. B in 23. I in them and you in me that they may be perfected in unity. And now see also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. These these three sections I see as complete thoughts in the, in the 20 and 21 and 22 and 23, but they still bounce off of each other. As Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm asking on these and now I'm asking on even more. I'm asking for even more people to come down the pike going to be you and me, right? He's saying, I'm asking for people that are coming way down the pike, those that are going to believe on me through the disciples' word." So A, in 20 and 21, I see Jesus again. He's saying, I'm asking for something. He's asking the heavenly father. This is a petition from Jesus Christ himself. The B, there is the prayer, Jesus's prayer, that they may all be one. C, and there's the purpose of that prayer, that they may also be in us. So that the world may believe. So he says, here's my prayer. Here's my or here's my petition. Here's my prayer. Here is my purpose for all of these. Petition, prayer, same thing. A, purpose completes that petition. If you look at 22, the glory which you've given me, which I have given to them, that they may be one. That goes right back to verse 20 where he says, I don't ask on behalf of these alone. I ask for all of those who believe on me through their word. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one. That's, he's saying, I'm going to glorify all of these people who believe on me through these words. Amen. So the purpose in A of 22 is completing the purpose or the petition in A, 20. In B, this is the content of that prayer, verse 22, uh, 23, excuse me again. I in them and you in me that they may per- be perfected in unity. The content of the prayer is, here's what I want to happen. I'm going to ask that they may all be one so that they're in you and I'm in them and that we may all be one together. This content of the prayer here. And then see. and what's the purpose of that? So that the world may know that you sent me. Again, witness to the world. That the world will know that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. That God is who he says he is. He is doing all of this. He's asking for all of this. So that the world will know, it's continuing His purpose to seek and save the lost, and He's handing that purpose down to the disciples, and then to even us today. All right, twenty-four through twenty-six, the last half of this here. Father, I desire that they may also know. Uh, know uh, they may also, they also, whom You have given me. Here is a be with me where I am, so that they may be, they may see My glory, which You have given me. Now, here I'm going to do A, just uh, 24 through 25, A, B, and C. Here's B in in 24. You loved me. C. Although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. Now, notice how in in these three sections, there, there are some similarities here. In A, I think he's talking about also future glory. There's glory now, but there's also future glory. I want them to be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me. I think Jesus is is, uh, functioning here on two levels. Not only do we glorify him here on earth, but he's also saying, "I, I want them with me too. I want them to see you and me together. I want to be with them in this eternal dwelling place. And it's sandwiched in the middle of, you loved me. The whole reason that God sends the message to man to begin with is, I love you. Where are you? What are you doing? I love you. The whole message of Jesus is seek and save the lost, but it's, I love you. I want you to understand the truth. I love you, and I want you to be with me. At the very uh, end of that is, although the world hasn't known them, yet these have known you. It's, It's a knowledge again. The world doesn't know you because you know Jesus. The world doesn't understand you. But who understands you? Jesus understands you. God understands you. And you understand him. There's a knowledge here. I don't know the world. They don't know me. If you've ever tried to fit into your past life, once you become a sanctified, justified person, and that past life doesn't seem to fit anymore, it's because the world doesn't know you. And the lifestyle you live doesn't, doesn't, isn't compatible anymore with that old life. It just doesn't fit. Here is the second half of that. In 26, this is A, B, and C here as well. A, I have made your name known to them. B, will make it known. And then C, may be in them and I in them. Again, he's made known the name of God to the disciples. And will make it known. So that he may be in them and I in them. Um... Here's the breakdown for me 24 through 25. A is talking about, in my opinion, future glory. Future glory that is going to happen when Jesus and all of us get together on that day. Motivation and B, forgiving glory. Motivation for all of us, God's love. God loves us. He loves us even when we don't deserve it, and most of us don't. He still loves us. C, contrast with the world here jesus knows god disciples know jesus jesus is sent from god but you contrast that with the world the world doesn't know you the world doesn't know where you're coming from the world doesn't know where you're going completely different here's 26 and a b and c a the means of knowing what are the means of knowing in 26 jesus is the means of knowing if you want to know anything you've got to know jesus Jesus is going to reveal the Father to you. Jesus is going to reveal the Spirit to you. Jesus is going to reveal the words of life to you. If you want to know anything, you've got to know Jesus Christ. That's the means of knowing. B, future ongoing revelation. I think he's talking about he's going to make known. He's going to continue making known through the disciples at this point. Then through the disciples that the disciples make. And ongoing through, throughout time until Jesus comes again. There's going to be a making known of him Amen. constantly. Because somebody out there is going to be saying... Hey, have you heard about Jesus? Somebody out there is going to be living a life that says, I believe in Jesus. See, the result is God's indwelling love and Jesus' presence there. They may be in them, I in them. Man, the result at the end of this chapter is that God, Jesus, wants to indwell us, wants to, to, to know us, and wants us to know him. So that we can fulfill our purpose here on earth. Yes, he can change lives. Now, here I'm going to wrap this all up for you because I, I know that's probably confusing. And, and if you take that back and maybe you look at it, and it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on chapter 17. But when I looked at 17 and looked at all the things that we'd looked at previously, summing all of this up before we get to the last part of this series where we say, okay, if, if we've had a relationship with Jesus, and we've been intentionally discipled by Jesus, and we're continually being discipled by Jesus, and we've gone through all these things in chapter 17, and we get to the missional part of Matthew 4:19, where he says, you go and do this now. I'll make you fishers of men, but you've got to go to, to do that part, right? You can't just sit around and do that part. It's got to be an ongoing process, a lifestyle that you live this chapter 17 sums up for me for this, in, this, in this way. The prayer for glorification, revelation of the Father and the Son. You see there in verses 1 through 5. He's saying, I want the glory that you had uh, glorify me again. And he's saying, I've revealed you to them. And that goes right back to what we've talked about, the revelation. The revelation of Jesus to us, the revealing of his word, and what we reveal in our lives. The object of that is to make known God so that the recipients of this revelation may have eternal life but that is accomplished through the revelation of the father to the disciples by the giving of God's words if we're not out there giving God's words to people we're not going to be revealing the same thing that Jesus did and that results in the revelation of Jesus Christ and the glory of Jesus in them in verses 6 through 10 If I want to be glorifying Jesus and I want to have Jesus' glorification in me and glorify him, I have to be revealing him to people. And Jesus talks about his concern there, concern about the people that he leaves behind in the world in verses 11 through 13. And I like the way he expresses it. He expresses it, I think, in three things. The first thing is he says to God, keep them in your name. Keep them safe. The second thing is keep them from the evil one. And the third thing is sanctify them in truth. Three things that are, that are e- effective and, and essential for a person to be a disciple of Christ. To be kept in God's name, to stay away from the evil one, and to be sanctified in the truth of God. The desired result of the disciples being kept in the Father's name and sanctified in the truth is that they may be one. You notice that at the end, when we're talking about sharing his glory, he's saying the result of that glory is that they may all be one unity in him. Just like the father and the son in verses 11 and 21 are you're in me. I'm in you. I want them in us. The request is repeated there in 21, but this time the prayer is for everybody. It's not just for the disciples there. It's for all of us. You and me. And Jesus states in verse 22 that he has given glory to the believers so that they may be one as the Father and Son are one, and that oneness is achieved in verse 26. Look at verse 26 as we end this one. Through Jesus' revelation of the Father's name, so that the love of God and Jesus himself may dwell in the believers. I have made thy name known to them and will make it known that the love wherewith thou didst love me may be in them and I in them. Sharing that glory, that oneness is achieved in Christ. I see reveal, speak, prayer, protect, sanctify, sharing, all of this. And you talk about all of this stuff that we just went through in John 17. Jesus is saying, I want them to share all of this. I want them to go out there and share me, and share my Father, and share the Word. I want them to go out there and share their lives. Glory in us and through Him we glorify Him. And we're sanctified by Him. And we're sanctified by His Word. We share in His glory. We share in Him. And the so that is so that we may all be one in Him. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That may all be one there reminds me of the oneness of this whole message. Paul reminds us of the oneness. There's one faith. All those ones that he lists in Ephesians 4. There's one Jesus. There's one God. This one message. It's a message of one from one God who sent one son, who delivered one gospel to many disciples with one message. And the beauty of that message is what Patrick led us with in in the table there, that your eternal life doesn't wait for you to, to, to die. It starts the moment you're in Christ. That one message is that you can all be one in Christ. You can have your sins washed away. You can rise up to that new life in Christ, and you can start immediately in your heavenly place, just like Paul talks about in Ephesians. So today, as, as I send you on your way this morning, at least, I've kind of tried to walk you through John 17 as, as I see it, which might be confusing, I know, I'm sorry. If it confused you completely, I apologize. If it gives you something to think about, I, I don't apologize. I hope you take that home and, and at least take a look at it and see what Jesus is saying to these disciples he's leaving. To these disciples that he doesn't, even though he knows about us, he's, he's talking about us in this past tense, future tense. He's, he's saying, they're going to believe on me through these disciples' words. and I want them to be one with me. I want them to be one with the Father. And what I want you to do this week is I want you to go, be like Jesus... And share that one message that he had from the one Savior that saves one and all forevermore. Do that this week. And if you need it this morning, if you need to be washed in his blood this morning, that one message is, is just as, as ready today. He says, believe on me. Have your sins washed away. Believe that I am the Son of God. Be washed in the blood of the Lamb in the baptismal waters. Rise to that new life Having those sins washed away, you're justified, you're sanctified, you continue being sanctified. You're one in Christ, you're one in God, you're one in this family. And you go share that one message to all. So this week, if you haven't heard that message, let us teach you that message. If you want to take advantage of that message, do it this morning. And if you've heard it and you're living it, go and be like Jesus. And share that one message this week as we stand and as we sing.